famously, this is a side effect of COVID. Um, Just being stupid. Yeah. Brunch! Hit it, boys! First of all, thank you all for the very kind words. Famously, we uh, didn't want to do the last episode and uh, forces beyond our control made us do it. But everybody said so many nice things. And obviously, I'm by far the least important part of that operation. But uh, it was very, very nice of you. And we appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And it, not unexpected. I mean, anytime we do one of those episodes, it it always I feel like the feedback is always pretty pretty kind. We've got some some very nice people that listen to this podcast and I appreciate everybody that reached out. Uh there are a lot a lot of kind words, a lot of um a lot of people reached out with like advice, insight, people that have been there before. I really appreciate that appreciate that. And just like anybody who reached out and was just like, "Yo, that sucks. I feel really bad." And I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody. Thank you very much. It was very nice and we appreciate that and uh I don't think that qualifies as like starting the episode with housekeeping. You never really want to do that, but that's just I mean, we never really want to do that when we when we do that every single episode for like the first half an hour of the episode. It's always No, about... we don't. We talk about something random and then we get into housekeeping. That's, we never that, we That's yeah. true. Well, no, that's not true. Like um we do that that's a lot like a with real... tomato fights. <laughs> we'll be like, "Oh, this week we recorded tomato fights and it was so much fun that we're going to talk about it for 30 minutes." I I'll give you no, I'll give you something off the wall for like the first four minutes that's fair before we get to any housekeeping that was actually probably the most on topic an episode has ever oh yeah started because it was something that was relevant uh this is a remote episode because uh pete suddenly doesn't want to hang out <laughs> that's right i decided that i don't need you anymore it's yep it's a lone so no dj has uh dj has the vid famously it's a shitty nhl uh preview because i am ill yeah covid <laughs> you're in uh you're in covid protocol uh you're actually kind of getting smoked by it whereas i famously beat the shit out of it when i had it a few months ago stronger than me um yeah, I was going. I, I kind of knew I was going to. I'm. I'm an under. I'm a. People don't know this about me. I'm a. Uh, I'm an underlying. What is it called? Underlying bitch boy. Underlying. Uh, <laughs> under. What is it called? Uh, underlying conditions or whatever. Yes. But why can't I think of the fucking thing? Everybody. A pre-existing condition. Underlying. Whatever. What? Yeah. Whatever. Under. We're, we're we're freaking out. We're the the pressure's on with the podcast. <laughs> we're we're choking. We don't know what to say. A uh, whatever I have one of the, I have a uh, uh, as as an asthmatic, I'm an underlying boy. So I was uh, probably going to be a symptoms guy, and yeah, and this came. Yeah, this is coming out a bit later than usual because uh, DJ actually got arrested at Burger King for not wearing his mask. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. That's how it happened. Um, but I. Yeah, the symptoms have for real been a thing. And obviously, everyone's going to have a different experience with it. But uh, if there's anything I've learned from this, it's like, yeah, can confirm. Don't want people to get this. Don't want to, even if you're not going to get any symptoms. For me, the the weirdest one by far was 
I had the worst night sweats anybody has had in the history of the world. And I need to check to see if maybe anybody's died of night sweats because it could be argued that that person maybe had worse night sweats than I had. But I kept waking up absolutely drenched. And I've had night sweats before because I'm an SSRI boy. So you'll get those every now and then. Mm-hmm. But this was crazy. Just like soaked. Like puddle in your own bed sort of deal. Like I've, yes, I've like, been there. It is That is the most disgusting feeling in the world to wake up just wet. Could not believe I hadn't pissed all over the place. <laughs> because you when did. you wake up in the middle of the night, you still kind of have to like you, you lightly have to go to the bathroom. But if uh, not to brag, like if you've been alive long enough, you can you have a good sense of judgment. You're like, I can make it through this. I can I kind of have to pee, but I could definitely go like seven hours without peeing. That might be the, the cruelest thing that the world takes away from you, because like as you get older, Number one, I've heard that you can't make it through the night without waking up right. to go pee. And then, like, as you get even older than that, you just pee in your bed sometimes. Uh, I was watching this one show where a guy just got up and, like, pissed on the floor. Yeah. The Succession. Yeah. It was Succession. Famously, I'm watching fir- Succession. First episode? Did they start the this, this series yeah. with him just pissing on the floor in his closet? Yes. Yeah. I uh, I actually then... watched that um, when the new season came out. Uh, for some reason, HBO Max like forgot that I had watched Succession, so like I was like, "Oh, very nice time to watch this brand new season of Succession that everybody's hyped for." And I ended up watching like the first twenty minutes of the pilot and being like, "Huh, they're going back to this whole storyline again, where he's just pissing in his house." <laughs> and then, like twenty minutes later, I was like. Oh shit, this is the first episode. <laughs> How come Roman's masturbating on the window? <laughs> Why does he do this Again? every couple of years? I yeah, I am watching Succession though, and it feels weird to say that I'm watching Succession because I've said probably 400 times in my life that I'm watching Succession. And this time I actually am. And I was thinking of how I could maybe trick you into thinking that this is another ruse. Because like I've hit you with like some some thoughts on succession yeah. I've been watching. You're a bit I think you're a bit too deep um in like your succession knowledge to trick me. Although like if you just pulled out a succession reveal right now that you haven't been watching it and you've just been like googling storylines, that would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, just ruining any chance of me ever actually <laughs> ever enjoying, enjoying yeah. the show. That nah. would be uh that would be a great commitment to the bit, but uh I do believe that you are actually watching succession right now. I am, and I like it, and I'm really into it. And a great part, uh, there's no great parts about COVID, and I'm actually, like, I've seen a couple people who have it now being like, the cool thing about having COVID is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, stop. Uh, The the good thing timing-wise with it is that I have COVID when all of my friends are bored, and I'm also very bored. I am just like dying of boredom. I, I texted you like the the day after I tested positive, which we'll get to that in a second. But like the day after I tested positive, I texted you and was like, can't do this anymore. dude!" <laughs> like crawling out of my fucking skin. Uh, but my friends are bored. So they're like texting me being like, where are you in co- uh, in uh, in succession? Like, wh- have you gotten to this part yet? What do you think of this part? Because this is the time of year between Christmas and New Year's when famously 
nobody's doing anything and there's yeah. nothing really to do. So I don't feel like a pain in the ass if I just start texting somebody or if, and I don't feel bothered, obviously, if people start texting me. I did give a uh, please stop, uh, a polite, please no more phone calls uh, because on on Monday because talking was just like tiring and I'm like, I have to just sit around and do nothing all day. Just text. Yeah, fair enough. I was trying, I was actually thinking, I was like, I wonder if this would be a good week or like a horrible week to actually have COVID because the the week between Thanksgiving or uh, Christmas and New Year's is like famously the most useless week of, of the entire calendar year. Nobody does anything. Nobody has any motivation to like work or whatever. So I feel like it would be kind of annoying to have it because you uh, like nobody wants to do anything. People probably just like want to hang out and shit, but like nobody's doing anything anyway because of COVID. So it's probably a good thing to have it now where you just like feel as useless as everybody else. So that is why it's a good time to have it. Here's why it's arguably the worst time to have it because on Christmas Eve, I tested negative. I took a test, tested negative, went to work, saw, stopped by a couple places, saw some loved ones. And on the morning of Christmas, just out, I, I was starting to feel not very hot on the night of Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, obviously had plans. Out of an abundance of caution, took two COVID tests and both tested positive. So my entire family had to cancel Christmas. Just an all-time terrible timing situation. That is horrible. Not pardon all, my like, take would Christmas call that morning. A, yeah, pardon my take would. I don't know if they still Jimbo do this. They would call that a Jimbo. It's nothing that you did yourself. Like I think that you. If anything, like you, you approached it the, the perfect way and you prevented everybody else from getting COVID by like identifying it as soon as you could have. Uh, so credit to you, but I'm I'm very glad that you did not stop by my house on Christmas Eve, as was potentially yes. discussed. It would have been hilarious content wise had we gum off like this episode where I was like, oh, man, DJ was, has been there for me for, like, the past, like, two months. Just been, like, Boy, the best friend ever. <laughs> like, just showing up at my house and, like, just spending some time with me, just being present next to me, helping me through these tough times. A week later, DJ gave me and my entire family COVID. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird. Dude, the, the night of Christmas Eve, I was planning on going by, and I was just, like, feeling kind of... Not like I was just kind of feeling low energy and I was like, I don't think I was like, I'm going to play it by year. Like if I, if I don't end up going over, Pete's got stuff going on. Right. I don't think he'll be offended. Like I'm basically saying like, Hey, can I come crash the party for a little bit? And I just didn't end up rolling through instead, just, you know, hung out with my parents. <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh, they're feeling fine so far. And even though I had tested negative that day, I was still trying to keep a distance from them and be safe. I don't know about everybody else. Maybe it's because 
cases are spiking or whatever. But like in the days leading up to Christmas, other than the fact that I went to New York City last week, um, other than that, was like really careful about everything. And I think that everyone seemed like they were like that too. Like masks seemed to be very much back and people were like really being careful. So that's what I was like on. I mean, I always try to be like that, but that's what I was like. Certainly Friday and yeah, then Saturday morning. I I know you said like, it's not my fault, but man, I was really cursing myself. Like, I'm glad that like certain people in the family are young enough that they're not going to be like scarred by not having Christmas. Uh, but I felt, yeah, I, I, I was, I was not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't feel, vaping. yeah, I'm sure that doesn't feel great. Uh, and, and I mean, like as somebody who loves Christmas, I would have been very disappointed at like Christmas morning. It was just like, Oh, everything's out the window. But I mean, like there's probably a million of those stories right now everybody has covid it's crazy yeah like, and unfortunately everybody there's has covid and unfortunately i know of stories where you found the out person afterwards tested negative christmas day and then tested positive the 26th after everybody got together so hopefully nobody has any experience like that but yeah it was a it was a weird christmas the most eventful thing that i did on christmas was like after a quarter of the Celtics game, I was like, I'm just going to sleep for five hours. So I did that. I started Atlanta on Christmas Day. Uh, that's awesome. I am a big, big fan of Atlanta. And a lot of people have been saying, I've been talking to a lot of people uh, about it because I can't stop thinking and talking about it. A lot of people have said, I can't believe that you guys don't watch Atlanta. And we had this discussion uh, the other night. I can't believe that we didn't watch Atlanta either. It's got uh, Donald Glover. Lakeith yeah. Stanfield, I mm-hmm. we have, were early adopters of Lakeith Stanfield being like the fucking man. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beats, like, why the hell didn't we watch that show? And it and it's not like it's a big secret. Everybody loves that show and says it's awesome. And we were just like, eh. Yeah, we're like probably my weirdest pop culture blind spot of the last ten years. And I would have friends say like. It that it's very they'd be like it's so weird that you don't watch Atlanta and then when I would like they know that I'd love Lakeith Stanfield and they'd be like how do you even know Lakeith Stanfield if you don't watch Atlanta right and I'm like because he's got he's in other stuff and he's always good in that stuff and it was like I don't know if it was like a it wasn't like a Queen's Gambit thing where there was any defiance in not watching it but right just never yeah. got around to it which is. Very weird. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Breaking What's news. That? Uh-oh. And this is very weird timing. Uh, John Madden died. Whoa. That is super weird because w- I texted you about John Madden this week. Was it I said, what I thought it was? I texted you and I said, I cannot believe that John Madden is still alive. That was my memory of the <laughs> yes. text as well. I, te- I literally texted that to you this week. Holy smokes. That is unfortunate. Wow. R.I.P. to peace. the legend, man. John Madden famously uh, coached football and later became a broadcaster where he broadcasted uh, the very sport he coached. 
he had a series of video games named after him, and he did not like to fly. Just a big bus guy. He's he flying now. Wings, and he yes. hated athlete's foot. Yes, he's flying now. That's right. Right up to heaven. He's flying with the Eagles. Famously never coached the Eagles. He coached the Raiders. John Madden, dead at 58. 85, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> All right, Whoops. let's move on. Man, yeah, I was like, you know, John Madden's not 58. Definitely not 58. Was once at upon one time. Point, yeah, for sure. While that's he was how, coaching. That's how time works. Damn, legend. That's he sad. Is the best. That bums me out. Well, we'll move on from that bit of news and say uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash listen to brunch. There's no uh, tomato fights, I guess, is on like a, is currently on hold for this week because we can't do it if we're not in the same place. And yeah. Uh, famously, we can't be in the same place. If we tried, I thought for a second about being like, hey, should we try to do one this week and everybody in different places? No way. The only way we would be able to do that is if we didn't get a guest. And I'd like to have a third person um, rotating in. So no tomato fights this week, but we're giving you stuff on there. Uh, Currently having a discussion with the patrons on there about how to get Pete into the Beatles. There are some different strategies being discussed. Also, um, I we're at 284 patrons. If we get to 290 patrons, I will put the complete interview that I did with Alana Heim on the Patreon. There's an interview that I did for NBC uh, in Boston that there's like an edited, really cool, perfectly put together, awesome thing for this show called The Hub Today. But that's obviously an edited down version. There's a longer six minute conversation. That's the whole thing with this ridiculous exchange with Alana Heim. So if you want to see that, get us to 290 patrons and we'll put that on there. Possibilities are endless on the Patreon. We want to get to 300 patrons by New Year's. Which is a dumb thing to have just said when I said, hey, get us the 290 patrons. But a nice goal would be to get to 300 patrons instead. Well, to so get, get to, us there. Famously, to get to 300, you have to hit 290. So, Can't get to 85 without turning 58. That's right. So get us there. Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. We got some real stuff to discuss because we can finally discuss Don't Look Up which is now on Netflix and also insecure ended. I'll also say, I suppose there was also a season finale of curb your enthusiasm, but curb ended up kind of sucking this season. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it went downhill so fast. I guess we'll talk about curb because like the beginning of curb had, I want to say like two, Near classic episodes where you yeah, could like put it into like the Curb Hall of Fame, and I was like, "Oh shit, Curb is back! We are starting off this season extremely strong." And then it just nose dived off a cliff, and like the last, I want to say four or five episodes were almost all terrible. Yeah, terrible. And I liked uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Irma Kostrowski. Irma, yeah. Played by uh, the great Tracy Ullman. 
she was a funny character and everything. It, it got ridiculous, but she, her she scenes like with a, Leon were great. Yeah, she she needed like two less episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, the, the, the last like however many episodes were legitimately terrible. Yeah. And that's a bummer. I mean, if they could have just condensed the Irma Kostrowski stuff. So there was like one episode where Leon and Irma, hold on, I'm going to mute myself for a uh, You didn't unmute yourself. Hello? All right, not, not muting myself again. I muted myself to cough, and then my computer got COVID or something, and now that was just like the worst detour in the world. But yeah, bad season of Curb. Oh, well, you kind of expect them now. Curb hasn't been good, or Curb hasn't been great in a while, but you're still happy to get new stuff. Yeah, I st- and I still liked it, like, and the the... It hasn't been consistent, but it hasn't been consistently bad either to the extent that it was to finish out this season. And that's kind of what was stunning. Like the last four episodes or so, I don't know. I don't want to put an exact number on it because I don't know for sure. But like the last however many episodes were terrible. And I was like, I still went in every week expecting like, hey, this could be a banger. And it just never was. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, Can't say the same for insecure which finished and really is if you've listened to this podcast you know we got it pretty high on the on the hbo list and finales are finales like i've kind of considered this like what if i wouldn't do this but what if there were people out there who did a michael scott goodbye for tv shows and just stopped watching after the penultimate episode and just like left the show while the show was still being the show because finales aren't really like the rest of the show they especially this especially well, this I one mean, this had I mean, to yeah and shit and it had to get you to a place i'm not happy with where it went but whatever no one's going to be happy after a finale i wasn't unhappy it was just it was it, so the the way that I keep describing it is it was extremely safe. It, they played it so safe, and I feel like I could have like guessed what would happen to, for like almost every character, and it yeah, and it, and it basically checked every box that I would have predicted. We'll talk about him in a second, but uh, I would not have guessed one, two, three seasons ago that uh molly would have ended up with torian and i also I like to guessed that at some point i would be praying for molly to end up with torian <laughs> yeah. because torian became like the, best, the best character yeah. on the show just it's, laying in the weeds it's so unfortunate that that man found his full stride in the pen- penultimate episode and and like just only had two episodes to fully shine Fuck it. Let's just talk about Torian. Yeah. Let's make our number one insecure point. So that's uh, the, this is a Torian appreciation episode. The, to- the Torian Molly storyline was the only one that like. Well, I guess I mean I guess like I didn't see a lot of the storylines coming from like this final season, but that was the most surprising. But heading into the actual finale, I I knew like they were they spending so much time on Molly and Torian like actually working that. That would that was probably going to be her happy ending, which I, I'm okay with that one. 
I just the we're we're doing spoilers here, by the way. So um, I was a little bummed that Issa ended up with uh, with Lawrence. Same, and that's weird because like we're the biggest Lawrence guys. We always rooted for Issa and Lawrence to get back together and to work out. But like they had so many shots to work it out, and for them to like close it out and be like we're different now. This is going to work. It's just like, we know so much about these two characters and like, yeah, they might love each other, but like now I feel like we need a fucking series to see if they actually did work out because there's so much up in the air about that. And I guess like, that's the entire point. They didn't say that like they were clean. They were like, I'm willing to find out. So I like that aspect of it, but I I feel like insecure always keeps it so real that like, they it would have been better served to be like these two people love each other, but it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, the way it ended was such a good reminder, or like the show telling you, like this is a memoir. This isn't like this isn't a biography. Mm-hmm. This is a this is Isa in her early thirties, or it's probably like mid twenties to early thirties, whatever, like this kind of like young adult coming of age type of thing. This isn't how everything ends up. It's like like licorice pizza. Some people aren't thrilled with how that movie ended, but it's like, I don't think you're supposed to think, okay, well they run off together and get married or anything. It's just like, that's where it leaves off. And this leaves off with Issa and Lawrence. I do like that it does paint them getting together and her being engaged and a stepmom as like the happy ending, because that's not always something that is glamorized Mm -hmm. in pop culture. It's like, well, she can't get with Lawrence now because he's got a kid. It's like weirdly looked at as baggage. A lot of the time, right. Where it's like, yeah, that's so fucked up. (laughs) Right. Right. Like Like she loves this person. She's not going to love his kid. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I very much liked that, but also like you said, we rooted, we've been rooting for Isa and Lawrence. I also believe in like, if you're going to root for the couple to root for individuals, mm-hmm. like I hope that people out there like root for their exes as long as they still like that person and they get along and everything. Like just because it didn't work out with you doesn't mean that they're not a good person that you can't want good things for them. So like, I was still very much rooting for Lawrence, but like not necessarily right. with it didn't need to be with Issa right. and rooting for Issa with it not needing to be with Lawrence. And that, I was and that's that sort of same mentality came about in the fi- in the finale where like um where uh shoot, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Nathan. Nathan. Where like Nathan comes back and visits Issa a year later at her birthday party and like they don't get back together, but like they have a conversation and they're like, yo, I, I hope you're doing well. And like, yeah, they clearly still care about each other. And there's still like that, that weird tension, but it doesn't have to like turn into anything. They just like wished each other well and moved on. Like, yeah. So that's like, I saw this season and where things were going with Nathan and them looking at apartments and like them thinking of moving in. And I was like, yes, this makes sense. And if she ends up with Nathan, then that's good 
because it seems like she's got a healthy relationship with this person and Nathan's awesome anyway. So I, I was rooting for, for them. So like Jay Ellis posted a thing of like, uh, like I'm paying attention. I know everyone who is like rooting for the other guy. And I was like, yeah, like, (laughs) It just why, seemed why, like it made it's, it's more sense. It's not wrong sense. to root for the other guy there. Yeah, it just seemed like it made more sense from like a lot of different directions where it's like uh, Lawrence was spending most of his energy figuring out how to grow up and like be a more mature adult and have mature relationships with um, the, his baby mama and like be a father and figuring that shit out. And that seemed like where his attention should have been paid. And then suddenly it really flipped to like, okay, he, re- he wants Issa back and he's going about it in very immature ways. Yeah. So that shit I'm- was like really sloppy at the end. And that's sort of why I had a hard time swallowing. Like they found their happy ending or whatever through the sloppiest means possible, essentially. Yeah. And that penultimate episode. And I don't want Lawrence. Shocker. In, and I don't want Lawrence in, um, and Condola. Her, her too, but like, and I keep uh, Nathan. I don't want Lawrence and Nathan to hate each other. Like, yeah, th- that fight was felt so forced. I guess. So that's what I was getting. Like, I, I thought that the penultimate episode, which is always usually the case with great shows, was incredible. Possibly the the show's best episode. But I loved that showdown throughout. Like, I I loved that Lawrence saw Issa's new guy and was just like absolutely losing it the this the little sparring they get into over barbecue i mean that was great at the party <laughs> yeah. with a high on edibles but that, Torian I was, just ordering so barbecue that would have been time. that would have been fine because that was just like passive aggressive like yeah like it was essentially like a dick measuring contest in front of everybody and then it, it it escalated into like f- a physical altercation later on, and I was like, "Ah, this seems like come on." Although, I mean, Nathan was Nathan was- started off being pretty cool about it when he walked in on on Lawrence being like, "Are you happy? Are you happy?" He, I think, all he said was like, "Like, what are you talking about here? What's what's this?" Yeah. I was like, eh, that's I probably would have had a more aggressive reaction if I saw some ex hiding in a bush and then popping out to, to be like <laughs> right. to be like, do you love me? Yeah. <laughs> it was weird behavior from Lawrence to be like, yo, I'll stick around uh to to hang out with these people while you go home yeah, with the baby. Yeah, like, yeah, see you yeah, friends. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna, just going to camp out in this shrubbery over here. And when Issa <laughs> returns from the drink table, I'm going to ambush her and be like, do you love me? Do you want me back? Yeah, like, she, like, Issa's walking around the party, and there's, like, a bush in the background, and there's, like, little, like, marimbas as it, like, she moves three steps, and it's like, bup, 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 bup. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, Lawrence pops out. And he's like, I can't sleep at night. I hate my kid. And, and Nathan, I mean, and Nathan eventually, it, it escalates with him being like, "Dude, come, what are you doing? Right. Please don't do this this way." It was, yeah, like, Nathan's Nathan like contribution was very to that was like, "You are being pathetic, my dude." Yeah, he was being very respectable, but I mean, I think everyone's being 
I, I think that everyone has been on both sides of it to uh, hopefully water d- uh, yeah. down degree where like people have been in that like f- have felt the desperation that yes. Lawrence felt. Yeah. Lawrence uh, felt there and people have also felt the like, oh, no, like you are. I Desperate. know like you're trying to yeah. like take this person from me. But like, oh, you're embarrassing yourself and this probably you, – you're going to want this one back, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's like honestly, it's um, it's like I know that I should be mad at you because of what your, uh, what your intentions are right now. But your behavior is more like I'm embarrassed for you because yeah. this is a tough scene for you, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it got tougher that, but because the fact they ended up. That, the fact that that's what worked and got Issa back, it's like, what? Although it was like, what, two years later or something? But, I mean, Nathan dumped her after that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and he said, like, she was sloppy or something. Like, her shit was, I was like. Toxic. I was, I was like, damn, Issa didn't even do anything there. She just was, like, returning from the drink right. table. <laughs> she did not know that man was in the bushes. <laughs> right yeah but and like, also like, and nathan and it feels weird for nathan to be like i understand from nathan's point of view being like yo your shit is toxic and not good for me as somebody with mental health issues but like you would think that somebody who's gone through mental health issues would have like a little bit more empathy and understanding of being like this may not necessarily be your fault that's yeah that's fair yeah i was i was surprised that nathan would just jump ship there but that's where i feel like it's a finale. Yeah, you, you got to do some. Sh- you got to do something. <laughs> it's been decided. Like the, the decision's been made. E, like step, step one, argument. Step three, Issa and Lawrence happily ever after. So step three has been decided. There's only a couple options for step two, and we're picking Nathan dumps Issa, but. I thought it was a bit too clean for a for a finale, especially for that show. And I know that they had to like tidy things up, but a little bit too tidy, I would say. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like I'm surprised that they didn't like surprisingly kill off a character, but I guess they did. They killed. Well, they off, did. Uh, Kelly. Killed off, yeah, they killed off Kelly earlier in the season. That's right. Uh, and then they killed off Molly's mom uh, in the oh. uh, in the finale, which. Thought we had dodged the uh, hitting too close to home bullet with the sudden death of a mom, but nope. Ah, we had to circle back on that one. That was the that was the worst. That was I, 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 like, not great. Felt the exact same way. I was like, oh, really thought we'd gotten away from that. Like health scares happen. They don't always have to then be the bad thing. But insecure was again. Step real gotcha step one. Step one was television show. <laughs> step three was Molly's mom dies. So we were all just slogging through step two. Uh, Tiffany and Derek ended up being way more a part of the final season and like central to everything than I expected. But that's okay because uh, I'll tell you what Tiffany and Derek are. Uh, an extremely attractive couple. Yeah, I think that Derek hilarious. is so handsome. He is. He's like handsome in a very like tired young, like a like a dude who like was a hard ten in his like early to mid twenties, and then had a kid and just got extremely tired 
and is now like a eight and a half and nine. Him like trying to calm down Torian when Torian's talking about uh, Postmates is the greatest because he has never met Torian. He met Torian for the first time like one hour earlier and their only exchange was you you, You you're telling me you brought us trash. (laughs) But the yeah, the scene when uh, Nathan and Lawrence are having that passive aggressive little argument and Torian's just talking about how he's going to order barbecue. And he goes, <laughs> Postmate says it'll be here in 20 minutes. Upgraded priority delivery last week. Game changer, y'all. Game changer. He gets so much yeah. louder. And Derek's just like, all right, stop. He's like, relax, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Derek Derek is is like a really interesting straight man in this show because he's hilarious Super dry, super funny. His wife is ob- like obviously crazy. So him being the straight man is functional, but also <laughs> uh, very, very, uh, very funny. And he's a straight man for pretty much everybody in the entire show. Yes, right. And I really like that at like one point they just threw in that like, hey, he like seems like he has his shit together, but he also has like mental health issues. And he had like a uh, like a serious breakdown a couple seasons ago. And oh, was, that's right. And I was like, damn, they kind of just like made like they took like a character that was basically like it, it feels like Derek's only purpose for a lot of reasons was to like be the straight man, and then they gave him some depth. So yeah, I, I so really liked that. What happens with uh, Derek again? Him and um, what's the uh, his wife's name? I forget her name. Tiffany. Tiffany. Uh, they like were going through like like a possible separation, and like she really really wasn't happy, and like they were having marital problems, and he was like not happy with himself. He was depressed. And is it is it like a is it a postpartum thing? Maybe? I think so. Yeah. I don't know if it was her who had the postpartum, but I think I remember him being like the one who was like really going through a lot and like they like had to work on their marriage. Yeah. And and that's what's interesting. Like they are – this show does a good job of like holding up – like I was saying earlier about how like being a stepmom isn't positioned in pop culture like as like the the great thing it can be. they're kind of used throughout the show as like the they got married like young whatever like they got it figured they, out they're doing well mm-hmm. they've got a kid like they've got like just everything about them is just like beauty 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 and right like, they, they, like for like a for a group of friends or like a circle as young as that group is they would look to uh tiff and i'm uh, Derek, Derek, Tiff and Derek as like the perfect couple or like right. the couple that has everything figured out. And like when other couples would go be going through like problems, they'd be like, well, Tiff and Derek did this, blah, blah, blah. They figured it out. And like they're the show is really good at like holding up mirrors to things and being like, not everything is as it seems. And like everybody has their shit. Yeah. And like, I mean, even down to them moving, like that's a thing that makes sense like like for successful business people or whatever and they're like they'll move and they'll relocate their family and everything and like a lot of times 
that absolutely sucks. Like I love that they visited Tiff and she was like, I fucking hated this. Here. Yeah. So yeah, she's like, I hate it here. And I don't know. The show is always good about being pretty authentic. So great show. I'm going to miss it. I mean, shout out a show that goes five seasons yeah. and never gets bad. Yeah. And I never I, even I, like hits a rut. No, no. And like, I think that the, um, for a little bit, the, the Molly and Issa stuff was, was drawn out yeah. quite a bit. Um, but I do absolutely love the final shot of the series with the empty mirror. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. And what a, the, the music in the show has obviously been awesome. I meant to look up who's their, um, their shoot. I forget the name of the, the, the job it's not it's not music director it's not music coordinator but whatever it's the person who chooses the music for a show like whoever does that is for that show is awesome and hbo always has good uh people i wonder if it's that scott uh i forget his last name anyway um but the music in that show is always dope and this ended with bossy which was amazing because a lot of times it's like modern stuff i remember uh pink and white by uh frank ocean was in the the series the pilot and i loved that it was just like modern good music is in there i love like bossy being used for isa being like yeah i've figured it out and i've got or i've, I've figured it out so far like right. i'm here where i am i love that yeah i i mean like I, um, it's a weird situation. Like I wasn't unhappy at when, when I stopped watching the finale, but like the more I thought about it, I was just like, man, they, they really did play it safe, but yeah, can't, can't complain. Like it didn't ruin anything. It pretty much went the way, the way that I thought it would. I'm going to miss that show though. Great. Same. Great show. Shut up. And that brings Shout out to, uh, to HBO Sundays, man, it, i I don't know what's next as far as um, well. I watch Succession, season. so I'm I'm okay. Yeah, but that's that's off the air. No, it's coming back. I I'm a Succession guy. I know what I I, I think I know my way around HBO Sunday. Yeah, I don't know what what is going to be there. Next. I don't know. I don't know what's next. I mean, I'll take a mini series, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, give us a mini series. Maybe one where we're trying to figure out if someone killed somebody. Hell yeah. That's Those always stuff. happen. Uh, we got to talk Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just say this. Before we get into the Don't Look Up discussion, I'm just going to like shoot a... My brain sucks right now. Uh, a Dude, I couldn't even uh, think of uh, Tiff and Derek's names three seconds <laughs> after talking about them. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to... So, uh, what what's a uh proactive shot well but no, it's not proactive that's not the word a warning shot kind of a warning i don't know i have covid but um famously this is a side effect of covid um <laughs> just being stupid <laughs> yeah i'm just going to send a preemptive strike there okay, it is there you go the biggest criticism i've heard of don't look up is that it's too on the nose. I think that that is intent. I, I'm point, pretty yeah. sure that's what they're trying to do. Like yeah. they're trying to say, 
this is what would happen. And unfortunately, as you watch that movie, it's an upsetting movie to watch. (laughs) You think the, you should be thinking the entire time. Yes, this is exactly what would happen. Yeah. It's so it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I want to say that it's ridiculous because it is, but I think that it's ridiculous in how over the top they spend on like, on like how they go into certain characters or certain things, but it's not over the top where it's unrealistic because three, four, five years ago, you'd watch this movie and you would have an extremely different reaction to it than totally. you would now. Like now it's uncomfortable because you know it's possible. <laughs> yes. And five years ago, you probably would have been like, this movie is ridiculous and none of this shit would ever happen. Yeah. And so that that's what I think. I think that it's it's an upsetting movie. It's uh maddeningly realistic. But that I don't think makes it a bad movie. And what stunts like I don't like to do this. I don't like to say, oh, you're just saying that because blank, or you're just saying this to be like I always get so mad when people call anybody a contrarian when seemingly they're just saying, oh, you disagree with me. But I this is just my feeling. I do get the sense that it's cool to say this movie sucks. And I've seen like a lot of tweets from like cool people being like, this movie's so bad that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, again, like this is my bag is not yeah. trying to fucking no. say like you're just doing this. But I think that you're just doing that. I don't know. Like, uh, so like, I think that a lot of it probably stems from expectation and the expectation sky high as it should have been considering mm-hmm. the talent involved. Like, even if you just throw Adam McKay out of, out of the picture, you've got Leo, you have Jennifer Lawrence, you have Meryl Streep, you have Jonah Hill, you have Timothy Chalamet. Like the cast is unbelievable. And for me, I didn't think that any of the performances were like, knock your socks off. Like, I don't think that this was, and that's not like, that's not really like a knock against the actors. I think that it's the project doesn't really lend itself to like, this isn't like a, a really great arena for any of those actors to thrive in. I don't think that a lot of the characters had too much depth. So if you want to say that like, hey, you're disappointed based off of the talent involved, I would put myself in that camp as well. So I I think that it's a fine movie. Like B, I said B minus range, but I don't think that it was bad and I don't think that it lived up to my expectations for it. So I completely agree with that. And I think that like, I think it's like B, I would put it B minus B. The way I've kept saying it is it wasn't great, but it was good. And like good exists. We've Mm -hmm. had this conversation a million times where the world seemingly has a tough time with uh, saying something is good or saying something is well pretty good it's sort of like it's sort of meta here because like the movie is about everything needing two sides and like to be on two sides you have to be like hard in one camp hard in the other so you're either saying that this movie fucking rocks or this movie fucking sucks and there's no room in the middle for yeah. either of them and that's basically what this entire movie is about and like somebody uh, somebody tweeted at me the other day when i tweeted about the movie being like uh, this is it was just like too it was too hard for me to swallow Hollywood's 
pushing this like uh like climate change agenda or whatever and i was like i don't think that this movie is actually about climate change it's it's more about how everything in the world now needs to be politicized or sold and that like every single thing needs two sides yeah. Where that shouldn't be the case. There are some things that only fucking need one side and not everything in the world, whether it's like pop culture or sports or whatever, not all of that shit needs to be politicized and needs to have like two hard camps separating two major groups of people. Yeah, totally. It's it's obviously inspired by climate change that like, well, that's the device that is happening to the to the planet and. That's the device, and I saying this, and, and I think they chose that device because it, it's like when you boil it down, nobody should be rooting or ignoring right. a giant asteroid that is coming towards the Earth that you can see that is going to <laughs> wipe out <laughs> that you can wipe. <laughs> Eventually, you can see it, <laughs> yeah. and people are like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the most." Re- preposterous premise that like there's this thing that you can literally see and they're like this is going to wipe out everything literally everything we're all going to die there's going to be nothing left and people are like okay well we got to hear the other side <laughs> yeah i mean i i thought that uh hamesh patel was great you said there were i'm just kidding uh <laughs> that's the guy from uh from yesterday Oh yeah, okay. Uh, that would also happen, by the way. I hope everyone's seen this. Some spoilers, but there are so many little things that happened that I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Uh, I'll get to the Mesh Patel in a second, but even down to uh, I texted Jeff about this. There is so Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi play a celebrity couple who break up, and it's all in the news, and it's all anybody's talking about, and they're talking about this instead of the meteor, which possible um Def- more than possible and, and leonardo DiCaprio plays a uh a scientist a what type of science my brain is like really bad i don't know i want to say it, like an astrophysicist or something yeah yes sure he plays he's an astrophysicist and he doesn't really know much about pop culture but he had just heard from uh rob morgan's character a doctor and fan of these two artists that they'd broken up and that it was sad. So they're sitting in a waiting room about to go on a show and Leonardo DiCaprio, this kind of out of touch, well-meaning guy says to Ariana Grande, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I heard, uh, I, I, I heard about your breakup and I just want to say, uh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And you seem like a really nice person. And she tells him to fuck himself. She <laughs> says, uh, why don't you fuck up? Why, why, why don't you mind your own business, you old fuck? Yeah. And that even is like a, a an older person. And Leo's not like older, but you know what I'm saying? Like a middle-aged person who doesn't totally get like the ins and outs of everything and every current discussion, who means well and is yeah. just like trying to say something, being like, uh, you hit a nerve. Fuck you. And then like all the other young people there laugh at him. I'm like, yes, that, that, this scene, would got, too. that scene got a hearty laugh out of me because like <laughs> because Ariana Grande was so nice for like two minutes just right before that. And then he's like, he's like, oh, we've established this connection. She likes me. I'm going to use this opportunity to be like, hey, really feeling for you. And she goes, fuck you, pervert. 
Yeah. <laughs> that um, was the best. So, like, that would happen. Uh, him, uh, Himesh Patel plays Jennifer Lawrence's boyfriend, and he's a writer for, like, uh, any of those. Like, uh, Jezebel, would that yeah. be? Uh, yeah. He's a writer for one of those sites, and she freaks out on TV because they're on this show with Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry. Kate Blanchett who, rocks in this movie. Yeah. By the way. Who turn everything into just being chummy and they go on the show to say a meteor is going to hit the earth. And Tyler Perry hilariously <laughs> says, so is this big enough to take out a house? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, like it's, it's like 10 kilometers wide. It's big enough to, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to wipe out humanity and then, and then create like uh monsoons and everything and all these just like uh, it's going to be horrible it's going to to end the 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 earth it's going to be an extinction event and he goes yeah but but specifically it has to hit something right because there's a house in New Jersey it's my ex-wife's house could it hit her house and like he everything there is being turned into just like being chummy and yeah. making jokes and like a tease for tomorrow's episode. So eventually Jennifer Lawrence is like, are you not hearing what we're telling you? Like, we're all going to fucking die. And she screams and she runs off the set. And then like the next day, Himesh Patel runs a story that says, you know, that crazy chick who said, we're all going to die. Yeah. I actually slept with her. <laughs> That's the best just not even like that's my ex-girlfriend it's just like ooh, we had sex like here is my testimony <laughs> yeah. i have had sex with this person <laughs> all those things though i'm like yeah that would happen yep i uh i do like that they um that they kind of uglied up timothy chalamet a little bit uh he he still look good yes yeah, they still look good but like my thing with timothy chalamet is that like he is so good looking that it's unattractive. Um, I know people like that. Not that it's unattractive, but like I've told certain beautiful people in my life that they'd be well served to. Like you need a scar or something. Yeah. Hey, go go, go ride a motorcycle like, for a little bit. Yeah. And like, just like be safe. But to like. Chalamet's face is like too sharp. The edges are too sharp. It's just like. It's concerning. Shaman, I thought was good in this. I thought I I got a a laugh when they FaceTimed their friend, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the, shut the fuck up! Look who we're here with." I, I I thought he was really funny. I I didn't really dislike any of the characters. I thought that the scene where Jonah Hill stole the line from Saving Private Ryan that gave me horrible douche chills. I thought that that was such just like a basic. Anybody could like, play Jonah Hill's Jonah Hill's character in this movie, and it makes me upset. Like, yeah, I, although I he, love Jonah Hill, and whenever I get Jonah very, Hill, I want Jonah Hill. Yeah, he had some very funny moments, though. The for whatever reason, it was so stupid. But the scene where it's like the second time that they've gone back there, it was after they've been arrested and they've brought to they've been brought to the White House to meet with them again, and they're waiting. They've already established that uh, Jonah Hill and uh, Jennifer Lawrence's characters hate each other. He opens the door and he says, "Gentlemen, you may come in." <laughs> Just killed me. Oh, when 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 he's like, uh, "Fine, do you want to come?" And she's like, "Yes." Oh, that. and then he shuts the door. 
Right. Like his just little things. Like he just has like these like super lame shots at her. Like just when he like he says, "Gentlemen, you may come in," not acknowledging her when she's sitting right there. Um, he yeah he invites her in and then shuts the door in her and then face. He tries to kiss her in the the boardroom. <laughs> it's so funny. That's <laughs> so uncomfortable. Um, Mark Rylance's character was super funny. Who's that? Crazy painful. I don't know who that guy is either. Tbh. <laughs> uh, oh, he's knighted. Ooh. He's also a liar because his name is Sir David Mark Rylance Waters. Man, this guy is full of shit. Oh, I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the 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 billionaire. Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah. He plays a ridiculous person, but also a person that would exist. Yes, for sure. I didn't need the um the the final like chapter or whatever, like three thousand years later, where they and show up on that like planet or whatever. I wouldn't, but it is set to a new Boney Vare song that honestly I would probably say is my favorite Boney Vare song. That's ridiculous. But I think that song is it's a very good song. It's a very good song. It's yeah, side uh, from from I comma I. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I love. I mean, it's it suited that scene so well. So maybe that's why I was just so into it. But uh, did you see the post credits scene? No, I didn't. See, I didn't see it the first time I saw it. But then I watched it with my family. Uh, is that the one where before. they're? Is that that's not the one where they're naked? No, that's the mid credit okay. scene. I did not see the post credit scene. One person survives. Who do you think it is? Timothy Chalamet. Oh, no. That would be the <laughs> best, though. Who that would have been so much better. Jonah Hill. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He gets up. It's like very pure comedy. He gets out from like under some rubble, and he's like, hello. Hello. Then he takes out his phone and like tries to like go live <laughs> he's like last man on earth fucking sucks <laughs> That's um and the, the comparison i make with this movie is pure comedy by the way in that like it's just a it's a lot of truths that maybe you're not psyched to hear yeah for sure and not everybody's gonna like it and i get that not everybody's gonna like it but you can't say it's bad that seems fair that, yeah that's just where i fall on it but new misty in a few months stay tuned yo yes